Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Dr. Boyce Breakdown. Um, I was just reading today about campaign spending for this uh, election cycle. Um, The numbers are kind of outrageous. Uh, Basically, according to CNBC, the 2020 election is set to to finish with $14 billion in spending, which pretty much smashes the old record. Um, Trump and Biden uh, are going to spend about $6.6 billion by election day. And the congressional races are anticipated to finish with just over $7 billion. Uh, The Democrats are the big spenders in this election, uh, doubling the spending by Republicans uh, up and down the ballot. So uh, I'm going to read some of this to you. Spending in the 2020 election was already on track to break a record. Now the total is poised to be even bigger than the initially projected $10.8 billion. The amount spent on both the presidential and congressional campaigns will hit nearly $14 billion, according to the nonpartisan Center for Responsive Politics. This is more than double what was spent in the 2016 election, according to an updated CRP report. This election will end up with more spending than the previous two presidential election cycles combined. By election day, Next Tuesday, the presidential campaign will spend $6.6 billion, and the congressional races will spend $7 billion. Democrats have nearly doubled the spending by Republicans, uh, with the Democrats spending $6.9 billion, while the Republicans have put in $3.8 billion. So uh, Joe Biden uh, is on track to be the first candidate in U.S. history to end up raising a billion dollars in a single election cycle. President Donald Trump's campaign for re-election said that Trump raised north of $950 million during the 2020 election. Those totals do not include how much was raised by either the Democratic National Committee or the Republican National Committee. The top 10 donors so far for this cycle have contributed over $640 million, with most going to outside groups such as super PACs, which can raise and spend an unlimited amount of money. Some of the top donors include casino magnate Sheldon Adelson and his wife Miriam, billionaires Mike Bloomberg and Tom Steyer, and Tim Mellon, the chairman of Pan Am Systems. The new data shows that employees in certain industries, including those on Wall Street, have largely flipped to the Democrats. While CRP notes that Biden's campaign is powered in part by small donors, it has been a significant boost from executives in the securities and investment industry. Biden finished the 2020 election cycle with over 74 million from people on Wall Street compared to Trump, who received 18 million from those in the same industry. So uh, if you want my two cents on this, um, there's a couple of thoughts that come to mind. Uh, first thing is that um, this, this is insane. Um, I, I think it's absolutely crazy uh, to see that, you know, that you have to raise that much money to run for office. Um, I don't know. Give me a yes or no. If you guys think it's kind of crazy, um, it doesn't make any sense for me. Uh, Jesse Hicks, how you doing, Jessica? Oh, Jessica Hicks, I'm sorry, I see you in the system. Um, you know, so that that's the the first thing that you know the idea that it takes billions of dollars to run for president right there is a disruption to democracy. You know, I understand capitalism very well. You guys know my background; I'm a finance p- professor. Um, and one thing about money is that money is very powerful. Uh, money is like a drug. And money can create bad incentives and mo- like money can really cause you to do things you would normally do. Um, it can disrupt democratic systems. And so one of the things that um, if you want to know what would make me support a candidate, if a candidate was really serious about campaign finance reform, I would consider supporting that candidate. Uh, if they were serious about creating a space where you didn't have to raise billions of dollars to have a chance to run, um, I would support that person because 
Uh, if you think about this, right, black people have a wealth gap that is massive. Right? We, they, white people have all the money in America. We know this. So if white people have all the money and money controls the politics, well, who do you think is running the politics? I mean, you know, they say the black vote matters. And I, and I did a video earlier where I agreed 100 percent. Black votes do matter. Your black vote it really does matter. But the thing about it is that the vote matters because somebody else is going to use it to get power. And so what they do is the machine works very basically. It's very simple. It says, let's go raise billions of dollars. We're going to do billions of dollars worth of marketing. And we're going to market to people who have no power to control their behavior so that they will give our, their power to us. So when the politicians get elected, do you think they're going to be beholden to the voters or to beholden to the people that have the money? Give me a yes or no. When politicians get elected, who are they beholden to? The voters or the donors? Voters or donors? Give, give me your answer in the chat. Tell me who you think politicians are beholden to, voters or donors? Let me see. I, well, I'll tell you, I, I, I believe they're beholden to the donors. Um, I think the money drives everything. Um, the money is the master in all of this. You know, money, it should be your slave, but in many cases it becomes the master. And the problem with your democracy in America, unfortunately, is that your democracy has been tainted and it's been poisoned by capitalism. Um, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not anti-capitalist, but I'm not pro-capitalist in the sense that um, I'm not going to be pro-capitalist all the time because sometimes capitalism can be bad. Um, it's just like a drug. Sometimes drugs are good. Sometimes drugs are bad. And in this particular case, money as a drug, you know, Professor Andrew Lowe at MIT showed that money it affects your brain the same way cocaine affects your brain. The same region of your brain that's affected by cocaine is affected by money. So uh, the drug of money has turned the United States into an addict. Uh, black people are addicted to the drug of money. And your power uh, disparity comes from the fact that you're addicted to a drug that you uh, do not control. Uh, that is about the weakest position you can be in. When other people control the drug and you need the drug, then guess what? You'll do anything to get the drug. Uh, you know, Alicia's got me watching this um, Star Trek episode uh, with this uh, group of people. They're called the Jim Hadar. And the, the Jim Hadar are, are these people on another planet who uh, are uh, basically created. They're a created species. Um, and the species was created to be to serve another species. And what they did was they got them addicted to a drug called the white. And they need the white in order to survive. So they genetically engineered the species to be dependent on their masters. They, they looked at them like gods because they were the ones who created them and they designed them to be dependent on them by needing the white and they could only get the white from their gods. So when I saw that, I saw black people, you know, um, just like that species, uh, black people, we, we fight battles for other people. We serve other people. We give our lives to other people. We go to, you know, we go to their schools we work for their companies. We try to live in their neighborhoods. We just want to be next to them because, unfortunately, they become gods. And part of the power of that god is the money that they have, the wealth that they have. So my argument is that any black person who wants to be free should understand money and wealth as well as possible so that you can get access to the thing you need in order to be free. So if you want to know why American politics is crazy, corrupt, and ridiculous, um, just follow the money. The money will tell you everything you need to know. Okay, guys, I'm going to give you updates on the stock market um, pretty much all day tomorrow, um, probably first thing in the morning when I get up. Right now, the stock market is in absolute turmoil. 
And um, the main factors, the main culprits are COVID, uh, COVID cases going up, no stimulus package, and this crazy election. My hope is that somebody will say something, somebody in power will say or do something that will create stability in the midst of, of stability. Maybe somebody will step forward and provide the leadership that will get the market back on track. It may not happen. You may be looking at the beginning of a massive meltdown. But remember that when you analyze what's going on in the stock market, the fundamentals don't support the idea that we're in the middle of a prolonged meltdown. The fundamentals pretty much say, yeah, there's a problem here. Yeah, you're, you're, you're having some emotional reaction here. But there's nothing there that really says that the, the economy is going to be sick for you know more than a few more months. So that's what I'm gathering. That's what I'm thinking. So anyway, if you want to get a free e-copy of my book, It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar, you can go to allblackeconomics.com. Uh, go to allblackeconomics.com. That way you can get on the email list. We'll send you lots of free stuff. And you get a free copy of my book. Uh, I think you'll like it. It's my layout for uh, the wealth, uh, education, family, and community new paradigm uh, vision that I have for the black community for the next 100 years. Uh, also, uh, you can text the word voice to 31996. It's right there on the screen. And you can get text notifications when I go live, things like that. And uh, again, lots of free stuff. We like to take care of you in the black business school. We'll give you all you need. So do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Shout out your city uh, before you go if you want to. Let me know what city you're coming from. Um, I always like to know what cities you're coming from. I see Jennifer and Jonathan and Victorious and Turtle Island and uh, Black Becky. She says, who are you? Um, I, 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 I think I'm Boyce. I, that's what my mama told me. Uh, Mr. Think Possible, uh, Justin Hughes, Jessica Hicks, Wanda, uh, Alvin Peasant, Pleasant, uh, Terry Young. I see all of you in there. Um, okay, and I'll I'll throw you some of your cities up there. I see Wanda from Atlanta, Ernest from Phoenix, Michael from Roxy, Jessica from Dallas. I love Dallas. Dallas is a great city. A lot of bougie black people in Dallas, but good bougie black people. Like I, I really I really thought that was interesting. When I spoke in Dallas, it was like a packed house, but and everybody there was like professional and smart, and I just I just like Dallas. Now Houston, I uh, love Houston too. My friend Willie D lives in Houston. Uh, Oakland. When you go to Oakland, you better come correct because they have a history of extraordinary activism. And they have this really great um, barbecue restaurant in Oakland. I can't remember what it was called, but it was really good. Uh, Canton, Ohio, Man- Manduel. Um, I don't know much about Canton except for the Hall of Fame. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Black Becky says you sound different. Yeah, I do. It's because I'm getting dental work. Um, and also, I do these audio podcasts because I um, it allows me to like lay and stretch out of my bed so I don't actually have to be in front of the computer. So it allows me to create more content and share more ideas and, and updates and stuff like that. So that's why you see the little um, cartoon voice on the screen instead of the real voice. Because if you saw the real voice, you'd probably be laughing because I'm looking kind of ridiculous right now. Uh, Cortez from Savannah. Beautiful Savannah. Beautiful place. Uh, Black Becky's out of Atlanta. Bilal uh, from Phoenix. I love Phoenix. Uh, my son lived in Phoenix for a while. I went to Phoenix and did some stuff. Will and Age of Ed out of Phoenix. Mr. Thing Possible. I know nothing about Centennial, Colorado. But I did talk to my goddaughter who lives in Denver. Um, uh, Mr. Eleven Hunt, Toledo, Ohio. My Uncle Charles lives in Toledo. My Uncle Charles, um, he died in a car crash suddenly about maybe a year and a half ago. And I was really proud of my Uncle Charles because my Uncle Charles um, was having financial problems. I remember when he approached 50. He was he was really starting over again. You know, we had a conversation about money and investing and try to get his stuff back together. And um, and he did it, you know, before he died, he had his family taken care of great insurance policies. They had just bought a house. He fixed his credit. And um, and, and after he died, you know, his family has no financial problems uh, anymore. 
So, um, uh, yeah, so RIP to Uncle Charles. Um, I, I was really proud of him. And that just shows that no matter where you are in life, never give up on yourself. You know, just always keep trying to improve yourself. You know, don't be scared. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't you can't do better. You can't improve. Every day should be uh, your goal should be to improve. Every day you should get up saying, you know, I want to be better today than I was yesterday. And uh, and don't let anybody talk you out of that. You know, you're meant for something special. Uh, Tatanisha, that's a great name. Selma, Alabama. Selma, love Selma. Uh, Shelly Poo, how you doing? Uh, from Greenville, South Carolina. All right, guys, I gotta go. Alicia's giving me that funny look, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. She's like, she's like, are you doing that again? Yeah, so I'm gonna go, guys. But, um, like I said, if you want to get a free e copy of my book, you can go to allblackeconomics.com. So feel free to go to allblackeconomics.com. Uh, I'll check in with you guys, um, by tomorrow about the stock market. Um, be patient. Uh, the market is. You know, anything can happen now. I'm just waiting to see what people say. Um, I wish the Fed could do more, but the Fed has limited tools. They're waiting on fiscal policy now. And unfortunately, you have a bunch of um, politicians who love to behave like children. So that's what you're seeing right now in the market. So do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button before you go. Make sure you subscribe. I'll see you guys soon. Take care. Bye bye.